All topics covered here are for conversational purposes only and do not constitute financial advice. Please contact Mulcane Co. to receive advice on all matters from one of our professionals. Welcome back to the FS360 podcast. You're here with uh, host Gavin Nash, uh, episode 45, Financial Security 360, uh, brought to you by Mulcane Co. Uh, today, listeners, I'm joined by two of our absolute lending experts um, in Warren from our Geelong office. G'day, Was. Good afternoon, gentlemen. And we've got Neil from our Ballarat office. G'day, Neil. Hey, Gav, Was. How are you, man? Pretty good, thanks, Neil. We've got Neil on the line, so he's uh, and Was and I are in the same room down here in sunny Geelong. So today we're um, talking about interest rates. It's become quite topical over the last sort of month or so. Um, back on the May the third, the RBA, uh, Reserve Bank of Australia, announced an increase to the cash rate from 0.1 of a percent up to 0.35. So 25. Uh, what do you call them, Warren? Unit points or something they call them or? Basis points. Basis points. There you go. Um, everyone knows I'm the marketing guy around here. Uh, so why do I want to throw some questions at you guys today about this? Why did they do that? Well, uh, from from the announcement that the, uh, the the Reserve Bank always puts an announcement out after these decisions, uh, giving some context in behind uh, their, their decisions, and I think it was it was it's more about I suppose the Australian economy coming back to a more normal um, sort of point. Uh, they'd made points that, that, that the Australian economy is very resilient, um, but just, uh, it's, I suppose, re- recovering out of the pandemic reasonably well. Um, and with the looks like with, with inflation um, um, starting to, to come up as well, they just wanted to keep things, uh, I suppose, in check along those with as far as interest rates are concerned. And that's, um, that's that their role. Take. Yeah, that's their role, Neil, isn't it? You know, is to keep an eye on the, the bigger picture. You know, our role probably today is to give some value to our listeners on the sm- smaller picture. But yeah, that bigger picture stuff's important, isn't it? Because you know, a cash rate of point one percent is uh, is as low as it's ever been. Yeah, well, the low rates have been an effective stimulus to the economy, particularly during the pandemic, and it's just that pulling up of the handbrake a little bit, yep. keeping inflation in check. Um, and I, I think the, the Reserve Bank, the government influence is, is probably a little bit more um, trigger happy than it was in the 80s when, you know, the late 80s, um, rates went through the roof in, into the early 90s and, and, and they weren't qu- quite as quick to react back there. So I'd rather see the more frequent uh, smaller increments than wait and see attitude and before you know it, the balloon's got too big and we have to react in a drastic way. Yeah, and that's their role too, the RBA, isn't it? So Correct. And um, Neil, you went into a few of the bit of the reasoning is behind that, um, but it was interesting that it was uh, that decision. But it was interesting; it was the first kind of rise in in about a decade or so, which is a long time, isn't it? You sort of that goes past pretty quick. Um, so it's really been yeah. reducing for a decade. Yeah, correct. I, I think it might be twelve years it was yeah, well, uh, since we last had a rate increase. Yeah, I remember in, in February of two thousand and eight, uh, the media made a lot of noise, and they love they know that bad news sells better than good news. So whenever it's bad news, it's front page, and they predicted in February two thousand and eight that interest rates would be ten percent by Christmas. <laughs> and rates rates did rise a little bit, and some clients were fixing at nine point one. And lo and behold, after a couple of minor increases, they then started dropping in late 2008, 2009. And since then, so that's that's 13 years of rates on the decline. And uh, 
you know, a lot of what I'm seeing at the moment, the conversations I'm having with clients at the moment remind me of 2008. Of course, that's when the global financial crisis hit and people would become those $3 experts. They'd buy the Herald Sun and suddenly they were economists and they, and <laughs> they believed everything they read, panicked, fixed their rates. When the rates then dropped 18 months later and they wanted to get out of that home loan, on average, the penalty to get out of their fixed rate loan was about $30,000. Right, because that's the thing with fixed rates, isn't it? Once you fix it in, it's usually for a period of time, and if you renege on that and you want to get out of it, there's some penalties to be paid. So yeah, the bank will charge you that economic break cost. Um, yeah, and I guess we, we, I suppose we've been talking at least for the last five years with clients that oh, well, it looks like rates uh, the next, if anything, they'll they they'll in, they'll going up, they'll increase. Um, so it really, it makes me laugh when when the Reserve Bank come out and, and have an increase of 0.25 up, it takes the rate to 0.35, and the first line of the commentary is it's shock rate rise by the RBA. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, but, but you'd be really been expecting it for quite some time, and especially with the pandemic, everything went to record lows. So of course, it's going to come back up at some stage. So that's a good bit of background, gents. Thank you. And it just helps our listeners understand why the RBA does this stuff. Um, so it's really interesting. I find it interesting. Um, but, Neil, you came up with a, a stat for me about current homeowners and how they are, on average, ahead on their mortgage payments across Australia. Can, can you talk us into a bit of um, that statistic that you found? Yeah, that's right, Gavin. And obviously, averages doesn't include every individual circumstance. But on, but on average, the, the data is that the most Australian home loans are ahead of their repayments. They're 45 months ahead on their home loan repayments. Um, of course, that probably doesn't include uh, you know, uh, borrowers, clients that have, that have uh, taken out loans in the last um, few years. But on average, as rates have been decreasing over these years, if, if I've been recommending to my clients who wish you can keep it for keep your repayments the same let the interest rate drop um, get further ahead by uh, paying more each month on your home loan paying less interest uh, and getting ahead um, so you know most most clients uh, that were able to uh, and have done that are in that position where they're they're way ahead on their home loans and of course the last um, couple of years with with the pandemic, uh, the, the opportunity to spend your money has probably decreased, so and that that's factored as well. I, I believe into that um, why that on average the loans are ahead by that much. Yeah, well, the RBA has come out and confirmed that that um, they've just said that the flow of these extra payments in in excess of you know minimum home loan repayments was equivalent to around two and a half percent of household disposable income in the December quarter of 2021, compared with an average of around 1% two years before the pandemic. So people have got less freedom or have, have had less freedom to go and spend their money. And they've also probably had greater doubt and concern about their futures. And, and the two things combined have encouraged people to reduce their, their household debt. So that, that's been a good thing. And CBA, General Manager of Third Party Banking, Adam Croucher, uh, he said one in two CBA customers were now more than three months ahead of their scheduled payments. Right, so right up to sort of, yeah, for nearly 50% of customers. So things like a small rate rise, you know, even if you hit a little bit of hardship, you know, quite a lot of people are, seem to be ahead on those home loan repayments. So they can 
um, you know, sort of wear that for a few months at the very least. And yeah, look, I guess if you look at it, um, if, if someone's home loan repayment was two thousand a month, and with rate decreases, that could the minimum payment required may have dropped to twelve hundred. Um, and with this latest increase, that twelve hundred might have turned to twelve fifty. If they've still been making two thousand a month payment, then it makes no difference at all to their to their cash flow. And that's where we've got to be careful just reading headlines in the media. And I, and I know I'm, I'm probably as guilty of it as any listeners uh, listening today, that you flick through, you say, your social media feed, and I follow a few news channels because I want to know what's going on in the news, and you just see the headlines go, oh, you know, interest rates are on the rise, you know. So, But as you just mentioned there, Neil, like that rate's going to have to go up quite a bit before that example you've just given um, becomes a problem. Well, we're still, Gavin, at the moment, getting clients a variable rate under 2%. So we present them with their options. Potentially, according, you know, it depends on the client's circumstances, their equity but, um, and, and other factors. But if, they, if they're eligible, we can still get them a variable rate beneath 2%, whereas one of the lowest three-year fixed rates is 3.94%. You know, or and it can vary widely. And this is, I guess, one of the reasons you use a mortgage broker and you don't go to the bank directly. So we've got one bank at three point nine four percent fixed for three years, and then you've got Virgin Money three year fixed at five point seven six. So it ranges dramatically, and that's where you know Neil, myself, and our lending experts um, we explore all options. But you know, if you were to take a fixed rate of four percent. And okay, for that, you get peace of mind. You've got security. And I like to refer to fixed rate loans as a security loan. Don't have to read the Herald Sun anymore. I know what my rate will be for the next three or four or five years. And that's that's attractive, Warren, because people can then budget. They can say, right, that is my home loan repayment for the next three years. Every month doesn't change. That's the idea of the fixed rate, isn't it? That is the benefit of it. Peace of mind, budgeting, security. But it comes at a cost. So if we compare that to a 2.2% variable rate or a 2% variable rate, which we can still get today, on a $500,000 loan, it might, they might be paying $8,500 extra in interest per year just to have that security. Now, that's quite an insurance premium just to give you that, that peace of mind against rising rates. So the options for clients are really, do I go all fixed, which is all security, but I lose my flexibility of extra repayments? And the cheaper interest yeah. rate. Yeah. Or do I go all variable, Expect that that rate will probably continue to rise, but how quickly and how far it will rise is anybody's guess. Or the third option, do I do part fixed and part variable? And that's, again, where people like Neil and myself and and our brokers, uh, we we identify the customer's needs. And and the answer to those three questions will vary from client to client. It's not one size fits all. Everyone's different. Yeah, yep. And we've mentioned that a few times on the podcast previously, Warren, haven't we, and Neil, about... Um, everyone's a little bit different. So, for example, I mean, I didn't even know you could, um, before this podcast started, I didn't even know you could split, you know, between variable and, and fixed. So sometimes if you walk straight into a bank or a lender, they're only going to sell you the current product or what they've got going on that month. So the idea of a broker is that, you know, you guys are across all of this different information across the industry and which lenders do what. And for each individual situation, what can we do? And you really need to be cautious. Yeah, Yep, of that uh, that bank manager or that broker who's trying to get you to fix your loan for the next five years. And the longer you fix, the higher the rate's going to be because what they're going to do then is they're going to lock you in. They're going to trap you. They're going to make you very, very sticky. 
So you think they're doing you a favour, but you've got to make sure they're not just doing themselves a favour because to get out of a fixed rate loan, we've got that economic break cost. So... You know, you've got to think very, very wisely. And we need to determine our clients' foreseeable changes to the, in their future. You know, I don't want to fix a client for five years if they're telling me they might sell and upgrade their house in two years. Or retire and get access to their super. Or you inherit know. money. Or yeah. have an ability to make lump sum payments. Or they're selling a business or something next year. So, yeah, there could be a few different factors to it. So it, all, it comes down to those uh, conversations, those deep conversations that we're having with our clients um, and... I, I suppose come back to those uh, um, two words that we that we that are so common to us now, Warren, and that's best interest. What 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 is the what products and services are we going to recommend to our clients that are in their best interest? And the only way we can find that out is to have these conversations to to find out what their future plans are, to what see what their capacity to pay extra loan repayments off over that two, three, four, five year fixed rate period. And then be able to, um, to to give that advice of okay, well let's maybe split fifty fifty percent of the of the loan, or let's uh, let's maybe go a little bit hot, a higher percentage split. Um, so that's sort of it's all those conversations that we're having every day with our clients, uh, individual conversations back to their individual circumstances. Uh, I think if there's if there's listeners listening and they're not a current client of Cosmo Free or Malkanko with the brokerage, I think that you've got to think to yourself if you're the listener, has my broker or bank uh, had this conversation with me? Because if they haven't, you can see by just what we've spoken about there in the last 13 minutes uh, how important that conversation is, Warren. There are good people everywhere. We all know that. But one thing is is a fact that really differentiates us from banks, and that is the the law that is quite new, and it, it is, as Neil mentioned, it's called Best Interest Duty, And by law, a mortgage broker must prove on every occasion that we are acting in the client's best interests. And if we're found not to be acting in the best interests, the fines are absolutely humongous. So banks don't actually come under that law. That's amazing. You've mentioned that in the (laughs) previous podcast, Warren. That's amazing that the banks don't actually have to do that, but you guys as brokers do. So you would question question why you would use a bank knowing that they can sell you whatever they like in, in their interests, but a broker must prove on every application with lots of diary notes and lots of commentary that we know our client and we're acting in their best interests. Best interest duty. That's a good one. So Google it, people. Um, yeah, it's a good good, good mention, and, Neil and Warren, on that one. Neil? And Warren, I guess that's not news to us. We, we wouldn't have been in business for as long as we've been in if we haven't always had put that, that the client at the core of what we do. 100% right. A, a young broker said to me once, a young lady, she said, the good thing about earning commission only, you actually get paid what you're worth. And, you know, we don't get wages. Um, we can't just sit there doing whatever we want every day. We have to actively um, support our clients, add value to our clients' Uh, financial proposition and that's how we survive in, in our you know the way we get paid we get paid what we're worth at the end of the day absolutely boys um as a general question uh the interest rate everything we've spoken about so far in the podcast has been about rates and have been about sort of fixing um or using the variable rate what sort of opportunities does do interest rate rises op- um, provide so Everyone can look at interest rate rises maybe over the next 12 months, 24, whatever happens. You know, no one, as you said, Warren, nobody really knows what's going to happen. But 
what are the opportunities? Because I think sometimes people see a headline in the newspaper and think it's all negative. But a, a rising interest rate might actually be an opportunity for you uh, for a home loan. So can you kind of speak to that for us? Well, it's not just raising rising interest rates, it's also rising living costs. So, you know, people, and the media's promoting this as well, people are really looking carefully at their budgets. And I think the opportunity is in the last, or certainly in 2022, I've probably had more queries about have I got a budgeting tool that I can give my clients? So they're being more mindful of their disposable dollars. Um, the market, you know, a lot of first home buyers have struggled in the last few years to get into the property market, especially in regional areas. And the steam's coming out a little bit with these rate rises. So as people are catching their breath and getting used to, to the new norms with, with rates, um, there's not that fear of missing out just at the moment there was last year. And, and, the, and the sale of real estate might not be quite as hot as it has been. Yeah. Yep, correct. And so that presents an opportunity for a first home buyer <coughs> as well. Yeah, and there's still government incentives to assist those first home buyers. But it's perhaps levelling up the play, playing field a bit. Investors are saying, okay, well, there's my rental income for that property, but uh, now with the cost of the loan going up, you know, am, am I inclined to to buy that next investment property because their profit's not quite as big as it was with the lower rates. So you might see a few investors just slowing up a little bit, which again gives that opportunity to, to the home buyer to get in. But, um, you know, there's the, the certainly Canada who has experienced rate rises before us has, has felt the effect. Their home resales has dropped by 12.6%. Um, it's first decline in over two years. Um We've got house prices in Sydney and Melbourne forecast to fall between 25 and 3% this year and 9% in 2023. Brisbane, Adelaide and Perth, prices were flagged to rise 2% to 6.5% this year but then fall between uh, by 4.5% in 2023. So, you know, a young lady today who's very excited about uh, her house has almost doubled in the last two years and she's now worried about a crash and... We've got to remove this sky is falling attitude that the media is putting into people's heads. Your home dropping by two or three percent in value is not the sky falling. And it's not a loss until you've sold the house anyway. So a home should really be a long term investment. And thirdly, even if you were to sell once the price has fallen, so long as you're buying in the same market, you're not losing anyway. Taking advantage, fallen. Yeah, you're taking advantage of the house you're buying is, has also fallen a little bit. So Correct. Yeah, yep. yeah that's right. So there's, there, there's certainly no need to, to panic. So that's, a, that's, the, that's the, probably the general sort of consensus I'm hearing from you two experts in this area is, you know, to summarise what we're talking about is to sort of remain calm, have a, have a good think about things. Um, as you said, Warren, I think it's been a positive, the pandemic, in a way that it's made people think about their expenditure because I reckon – uh, Australia, you know, in general, um, you know, we were all, um, everyone was, was going really well for about the last 20 years. So I think it's made people think, oh, actually, I'll put a bit more off the home loan or I'll think about my future or I'll do whatever I need to do or cut back on some expenses. So that's been a positive. Um, and just remember, too, these rates we're talking about have come down for the last 13 years. <laughs> so, yes, they're at 2% now or variables up to 394 but you know, they've still got a long way to go before they get back to where they were in 2008. Well, the last two loans I, I wrote today uh, were at rates of 2.29% with no ongoing fees. And there's probably a lot of listeners out there 
and, and this is the opportunity again that Gav you're asking about. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we've motivated them with this podcast to get their home loan statement out and have a look at what rate they're on because they might find there are still a lot of people today, especially with the big majors, who've got an interest rate above 3%. And on your average home loan of half a million dollars, if we can get you 2.29, you know, you, you might find that you're saving 5000 or more a year in interest. So, you know, yeah. I hope this does motivate that activity to go and have a look at that statement and then have a chat with us. Yeah, correct. And that 2.29 has already got factored in the latest, the latest um, 0.25 rise. So um, that's today's rate until until we, we were advised any further of any further rise. And, and when clients ask, and we're getting this many, many times a day, Gavin, should we fix? Should we fix? Well, as I said, it does depend on every person's um, personal uh, circumstances. You know, if if we've got a couple and uh, they're expecting a baby, um, they might be dropping a wage, then they're going to need security much more than than someone who's got plenty of disposable income. Um, And then we look at, well, what percentage of that loan do we fix? As we discussed before, do we fix half, do half variable Generally, we're averaging clients out. Those who do do half-fixed, half-variable, getting an average rate of about 3.1, which is still a fantastic rate. You know, I want to say clearly to, to everybody who's listening, and no offence is meant, but if you're panicking over a rate under 5%, perhaps you don't have the maturity to have a mortgage just yet. Because exactly, because uh, it's been above 5% four years for ago. A, for, yeah, for a long, big, long part of our lives, really. Yeah, yeah we have... You know, yeah, and we have short memories. We, we, we've had it good whilst, that's yeah, what we're saying. We yeah. really there's, live, so don't, a, don't forget that. Yeah, there's a graph that I um, that I use and, and have where, on average, over the last, let's say, 20 or 30 years, the, the average RBA rate has been 3%. So if you talk about the banks putting their, and lenders putting their margin on, you know, on top of what they can get the money in the market, then, then on average, you're talking, you know, four to five, six percent is, is the average, and we're talking about, you know, Warren with a, a fixed and variable strategy of, of averaging three point one for the next three years. It's, um, yeah, it's still still pretty good uh, environment for clients. Absolutely, and that's where you're looking at the longer, the bigger pictures, which is right back to the start of this conversation. We said that's what the RBA's job is, but you can look at the bigger picture yourself, and this is one way to do it. Yeah, and look, the media is very quick to bash the banks, and uh, I sometimes quip that I've got you know thirty odd lenders, and I don't like any of them myself. But I'll give credit where it's due. The banks have been always very responsible in Australia with home loans. They're very very hard to fault, and the evidence is if you drive around the streets and you look for a, a bank uh, repossessing a home, you just don't see those signs. So that that's evidence the banks have got a very conservative and responsible attitude to home loan lending. And, and to um, explain how that works, when we calculate a client's borrowing capacity on behalf of the bank, whilst we're aiming to get the clients a, perhaps a 2% interest rate, we're calculating their borrowing capacity anywhere from 55 to 8%, depending on which lender we're looking at. So we're not just working out, can you afford this loan today to buy your home? But could you afford it tomorrow when rates rise? So that's already been factored in. So when you see on the front page of the Herald Sun, mortgage stress, mortgage stress, the banks have raised their rates quarter of a percent, just ignore that. 
banks don't generally put people in mortgage stress. People put people in mortgage stress. And explain that was. So it's not yes. necessarily about what they're paying off their home loan, but it could be their wider spending yeah, you know, well, outside of that. <laughs> one of my favourite sayings, you know, people spend money they don't have to buy things they don't need to impress people they don't even like. Just because you've got the new home, you don't necessarily need the new $90,000 motor car in the driveway. Yep, yep. Well, the whole new, new – a classic one, Warren, I've heard a few times is people buying all new furniture for the new home. Yes. Oh, that furniture suited my old home, so that's all used and I'll get rid of it. I'll buy all brand new. So there's another 20 or 30 grand gone, you know, to sort of furnish a new home. Well, when I was a kid, there was a reason that myself and my two brothers and my parents sat in the lounge room watching television together. We only had one television. One TV. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I, I think, you know, yeah. I'm probably talking as an older person now, like I'm nearly 50, but you sort of look at it and you think, I think this generation coming through have never really seen a lot of hardship. This is the thing. So when a rate rises or something happens, it's like panic stations, you know, and the media sort of jump onto that. But as you say, Warren, if it's under 5%, calm your farm and just, you know, this is what it is. Things have, If you've had a good broker along the way, like you two gentlemen, uh, that's been factored in, you know, and rises in interest rates been factored into what you can afford anyway. And as you say, I'm, I'm, it, it, yeah, go, go, go for it, Neil. I was going to say, like, it's true what Warren said, like Australia is world-renowned for our banking policy and lending policy. So it's all throughout the GFC. Um, we didn't have the big mortgage defaults that the likes of America had with their, their ninja loans, which meant no income, no job, still got a loan. So, you know, our prudent um, lending um, rules and regulations and guidelines have just held us in great stead to, to, to ensure that our our people, you know, aren't getting themselves into debt that they uh, they can't handle. That isn't... There obviously always are certain circumstances where people do get themselves into trouble. But on par... We're, we're a very stable market. And the other side of the coin, I think it's a 50-50 thing, the prudent lending by the bank and also all credit to Australians. We're yeah. perhaps not so good with enjoying a beer. We perhaps enjoy a few too many of those and we like to have a punt. We're not real good with our credit cards, but gee, we are and we have always been fantastic at protecting the great Australian dream, our home. So, yep. you know, another opportunity is, is um, living costs are rising, um, interest rates are rising and, and will probably continue to rise in the foreseeable future. Uh, we just perhaps need to look at our spending and, mm. you know, watch our alcohol consumption, watch how often we're doing a sports bet. And there are things that we can cut back on. And I, th- and I think um, we've shown that through the pandemic, how people have gotten a, a head on their mortgage. We're adaptable. Aussies will always protect that <coughs> Aussie home. The great Australian dream, and uh, as the budgets get tighter, well, maybe we just need to, to have our family budget tightened up and, and work out what expenses we can cut back on the discretionary spending. I think interesting, Neil. You said earlier about um, you know uh, people getting ahead on their home loans. Well, I'd love to know what that st- that stat you mentioned was. Um, on average, the average Australian home loan is forty five months ahead. Well, that's nearly four years ahead on payments. Yeah. Um, It'd be interesting to know what that stat was back in 2013, you know, when things are flying or 2014. So, um, as you say, Warren, I, th- I think people are starting to think, well, what do I put my money into? And maybe the home loan's one. Look, in the very situation you said before about get your home loan statement out, have a look at the rate. Uh, I'm talking to two financial people here because you, you're both in the finance game uh, with your job every day. There's a lot of people around like me, not very financial. So 
there's a whole lot of people probably like me who'd never look at that rate. And I don't even, if you ask 20 people down the street, probably three of them would know what rate they're on at the moment. So I think it's a really good exercise to do. The banks know this, Gav. There's no doubt um, they know this. They know that you're probably not excited to go and look at your interest rate every day. Um, people get bored by their home loan. They're busy. They're busy in their day-to-day lives. They're busy at work. They're busy getting their kids to sports. They don't have time to do to it. So to, to have a look at their rates. So the banks can take advantage of that. And we'll get clients a wonderful rate, but over time the bank might just edge that rate up little by little, hope that clients are too preoccupied, too lazy, too disinterested to do anything about it. But that's where we come in again. And not all brokers do this, Um we're very proud that we've got a wonderful review team who will do annual reviews on every client and negotiate their rate down for them and then ring the client with the good news. And we've started recording here in Geelong how much we're saving our clients in interest and extremely proud. My review team was so excited from October 2020 until April 22, so less than two years, about 18 months, we've negotiated rates down for our existing clients and that's a service we don't get paid for. The banks don't pay us for reducing their profits. But we've now saved our clients over a million dollars in interest in those 18 months wow. of doing annual health checks. From October 2020 yeah. to now. Yeah. That's amazing. A fantastic stat and a fantastic service. Yeah. So we we uh, posted that on our Cosine Free Facebook page. And um, as, as Gav mentioned before, Cosine Free is now very proudly a part of the Mulcahy Group. Um, and we're going to continue to save. In fact, we're, we're advertising right now for someone to join that team. So if there's anyone listening to the podcast who wants a great job helping people, passionate about helping people and saving people money, um, yeah, please give us your CV. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Good one, Warren. Perfect. Yeah, that, um, that saving a million dollars in, um, in interest is an amazing stat. So, and in less than two years, you know, so really, really good. Um, Thanks, gentlemen. I'm going to wrap up today's episode up by um, giving a little bit of a plug to an event that we're holding next week here in Geelong. It's on Tuesday night, May the 31st. Uh, it's at the Captain's Room at the Geelong Cats Football Club at Kidinia Park. Um, free free to come along. So um, it's between six and nine. We've got four guest speakers coming. Um, our guest speaker to talk about leadership in 2022 is Nathan Buckley from the Colling- ex-Collingwood Football Co- Club coach. Uh, and then we've got three finance-related uh, um, uh, speakers to talk about financial security, to talk about things like the property market, the stock market, that sort of thing. So six to nine, we're putting on some drinks and food. Um, if you wanted to get a ticket to that, it is just on our website, molk.com.au forward slash May 31. That's forward slash M-A-Y 31. If you wanted to go to that, um, there's still some limited tickets left uh, not many to go but not many left but there are some tickets so if you're listening to this on the weekend you want to come on tuesday night please come along um but thanks so much warren and thanks neil for your time today to talk about interest rates thanks gav look i, I just wanted to say one last thing um as uh i've been with welcoming was to the the Mulcahy, uh, group uh, look I've admired was for a long time as an industry colleague with his ability to, to consistently maintain his position of one of Australia's you know, top five brokers. And it's just so satisfying to have someone like the calibre of Waz and his team join the Mulcahy team to add to our um, our ability to look after total financial services. So it's just it's been an absolutely fantastic move for us. Thank you. 
Greatly Thanks appreciated well. the kind words, Neil. Thank you, mate. Pleasure to be here. Very exciting future ahead. And if you'd like to see Warren at all, um, yeah, you can call into the Geelong office here, 35 Gordon Avenue, um, or catch up with Neil and his team up at the Ballarat office for Mulcahy Co. So thanks again, gents, and uh, we'll see you all on the next podcast. You've been listening to the FS360 podcast brought to you by Mulcahy Co. Financial Security 360 is at the centre of what we do at Mulcahy Co. If you'd like to speak to one of our professionals about a range of individual and business needs, give us a call.